0: Welcome to the Thought Leadership Project, a podcast by Jay Harrington and Tom Nixon, exploring how lawyers can turn expertise into thought leadership and thought leadership into new business.
1: Welcome back to the Thought Leadership Project podcast, Jay. How are you?
0: Pretty good, Tom. Uh, as, As everyone says these days, all things considered. Right
1: in these unprecedented times, yes. All right, and of course we are, as we're recording today, we're in week three of the, um, the I guess we call it lockdown or self quarantine, the schools being off, and so everyone's coping, you know, um, g- getting by as best they can, and trying to I guess adapt to a, a new reality. That's the other thing I keep hearing is the the new normal and the old normal, right? So <laughs>
0: I'm confused, which
1: is which? Right? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, Yeah, so, but, um, well, at least we can uh, press forward on on this podcast. And there was an article that you wrote this week that I thought was um, relevant. And I wanted to pick your brain on it for the podcast listeners in case they missed it at our website. Um, And it was sort of back to basics, but um, for some it's new, right? In that people, I think, are now discovering all the new in the new reality in terms of what they're going to be able to do well running a business marketing a practice whatever and what the limitations are and the obvious limitations are with respect to social distancing which preclude things like meetings and conferences and some traditional marketing that you know I'll be the first to admit we took for granted you know just two three weeks ago and now people are asking us increasingly what do we know what do we do now what do we do differently or you know they want to learn new skills and um, one of the Again, not new to us and not new to a a ton of attorneys, but is the whole concept of thought leadership content, because thought leadership content has no geographic boundaries, right? Um, And something you've been writing a lot about, yeah?
0: Yeah, that's right. And it, we are seeing it 's been pretty remarkable frankly, to see the massive amount of of written content and webinar content and other forms of content that that law firms have been producing over the last few weeks necessitated by the fact that it's it is the almost the, pretty much the only means to market these days and it 's been you know like i said it's it 's remarkable in, in in the sense that um, it's the amount of information that's had to be analyzed and distilled down into thought leadership content, um, has been, has been massive. Things are moving very fast on the legislative and regulatory fronts. And, and so it's, it's been a heavy lift for, um, law firms, lawyers, and, and those that support the legal industry in terms of thought leadership marketing. I mean, we've been certainly very busy these days supporting our clients. And, uh, so it's been, it's been interesting times. And, and that being said, Um, You know, what we want to do today, I think, is address a few ways when everyone is writing how to write better. And so I think that kind of is the motivation behind today's episode.
1: Yeah, the result of everything you just described is a content tsunami. And there's tons of overlap, too. So you think you're writing for a legal audience, say, and you're posting to LinkedIn. And the person on the receiving end of that is also getting not only legal content, because they're an attorney or a legal marketer, but they're getting all the other content too, that is all dealing with COVID, all dealing with coping mechanisms. And, you know, I just anecdotally hear people just get, they feel like they're being overloaded and they're not even sure which emails to open, what articles to click on. Um, and then, so the challenge then becomes for the content producer is how do you stand out? How do you make sure that you're rising above that tsunami? And if you do have important things, how is your voice amplified? And what I loved about your article is it it, approached that from a sort of a back to basics let's relearn the best practices around how you're crafting thought leadership content in any environment but why that's applicable to today so if you don't mind Jay, i just wanted to dive into this article we'll link to it at the uh, in the show notes at the thoughtleadershipproject.com it's also available on our website but um if you don't mind i'll just kind of you te- i like the way you framed it it was you know five takeaways it just take one at a, At a time, if you don't mind.
0: Sure. Yeah, let's do that. Uh, And I think one of the things, if we can kind of frame this issue, uh, keep in mind what's causing uh, the content fatigue that you're starting to see uh, different publications write about. There was one in law.com this week talking about, uh, I think the, the headline was, uh, general counsel you know are are sick of essentially you're sick of all the webinar invitations um and and there certainly is a lot of that and a lot of that is being driven by the fact that there's there's a really a race going on right now among law firms to be to be first when it comes to a lot of these issues when all of the firms are writing about the same set of issues whether it be you know the the recent uh changes in unemployment and paid leave or the new stimulus act, or whatever number of issues that are broadly relevant, uh, law firms are racing to be first. And as a result, I think some of the content is just not um, could benefit from taking a step back and and rethinking maybe uh, one's approach to it if you really want to stand out. So the first the first takeaway or the first tip would be to really know and understand your audience and. This, I think all of these tips that we're sharing today are ones that are directed towards more of the individual lawyer. As a firm, you might be thinking differently about your strategy right now, and you've gotta think a little bit more big picture. But as a lawyer, you can get really specific and understand like, how do I, as an individual, stand out in the tsunami of content going on right now? And one of the best ways to do that is through your positioning. Again, we, we circle back to this often, but it's, it, we do so because it's critically important but you need to understand what you're trying to accomplish with your practice first if you want to make an impact with your content so what do you do and who do you do it for answer those two questions and you'll have a better sense of how to direct and create content that is better contextualized for your audience so if you're trying to write for the masses you're going to have a really hard time standing out right now but if you have a specific person in mind oftentimes with a specific job title that you're thinking about as you're writing your content, it's gonna it's gonna have a, a much bigger chance of making an impact on your intended audience. If if you're if you're one who's you know just trying to write something that's broadly relevant, it's gonna get it's gonna get lost. Um, so having that narrow focus to your content, writing for a specific person when you're thinking about your content dealing with the issues that they would really be caring about oftentimes relating to a specific industry that they're operating in is one way to to really have a chance to stand out and and find your footing sort of or your place within the the marketplace right now with your content
1: yep absolutely in again it's the very first topic that we tackled in the very first episode of this podcast, which is narrowly defining that audience. And again, just to reiterate, I I love the idea of writing for a specific person. To to be specific, think of who that actual person is, right? It's like Jane Smith, like think of the actual person. If you were gonna sit down and write an email to that person, what would you wanna cover for that person's specific tailored interests? And I think that'll help you stay focused on who you're writing for and how, because Um, In segueing into this next topic, I was having a conversation with a client earlier this week, and I was helping this individual uh, create some focus around um, the gateway, the gateway between your content, wherever that may live, and the person's attention on the receiving end. So I like to think of um, content, for better or worse, is an interruption of some sort. You need, in a a good way, you want to interrupt the normal flow of behavior, whether the attended audience is scrolling through their feed on social media or looking through emails or doing a search to find an answer uh, to a question they have or a problem they're looking to solve. You want to be the interruption that stops them and has that person take notice and get into your content funnel so we've talked a lot about the sales funnel where at the top of that funnel and outside of it are a bunch of people who are unaware that you exist use the corollary um for a content funnel where everyone's outside of your content and they're going about their daily lives and you're trying to get them into your funnel and the the first gateway to that is how you frame the headline of the piece right so you could have a great article in a bad headline and you're not going to get people, you're not going to interrupt them. You're not going to get them into your funnel. So what tips do you have in, um, in terms of crafting unique headlines?
0: Yeah, well, uh, the the biggest one is just you need to, you need to think about the fact that when everyone is writing about the same issues, there's a, there's a high likelihood that everyone's headlines are going to look more or less the same. So confronted with that i think in this is an instance where you need to put yourself in the shoes of your reader and think okay I, i'm if any significant uh, new executive order is issued or legislation is passed related to the covid-19 crisis there are probably 30 law firms or lawyers emailing a client alert to a an individual and if every one of them has a subject line that begins COVID nineteen colon, how your business, and then fill in the blank. Um, it, the it's just going to be the luck of the draw to see if that person opens any one of those emails. However, if in thinking about your content, you take a moment and think about, okay, um, I'm focused on you know my particular industry, and I instead of putting COVID nineteen colon at the front of my headline. I identify the industry that I'm focused on. So you know, right now, uh, it, it, let's say that you serve the hospitality industry and, you wanna, and you're doing work for restaurateurs. If you put how restaurant owners instead of how COVID-19 or how you know, whatever the case might be, something more generic in general, that restaurant owner is going to click on your headline rather than someone else's. So you need to, take, you need to think about it uh, in terms of the audience that you're serving. Uh, and then, you know, just thinking generally about looking out at the landscape and seeing like the, the general format that most other people are using for their headlines with all of these articles and just just whatever it might be doing something different because the different thing will be the one that gets and catches someone's attention. Right, and that headline
1: by default, so it's not only the headline of the article that lives on your website or elsewhere, as we'll discuss later, but it, by default, it becomes the the main H1 tag in your LinkedIn post or your social media post or the email that you're sending, you know, that the firm might be sending out on your behalf. So it just, it lives on in perpetuity without you thinking through it. So think through it at first, and then you're going to naturally have a clever headline in the email, maybe a subject line in the email, a great you know meta information on linkedin twitter facebook et etc so it's it's important to think through it maybe at the, after you, after you've you've written the article it, just reframe the headline take a second swipe at your headline after you've written the article i think is a good way to to maybe pass it through another filter, right? Yeah,
0: yeah, Tom, and I think one last point on that is that you know this is not the time to try to come up with the cute or clever headline, um, yeah. but it's also not the time to, to just have something just generic either. So think about it in terms of A, identify, try to identify the audience you're trying to speak to with specificity in your headline somewhere, and then deliver the key takeaway of the article as well. So if you can pair those two things together, um, industry or individual that you're focused on uh paired with a key takeaway of the article then it probably means you got a pretty good headline
1: yep and so then you're successfully gotten the reader the intended audience into your content funnel and but they're still at the top and at the bottom of that content funnel you're hoping is a, a call to action or a next step of some kind So, but you need to get them there. They don't go from the headline to the bottom and say, where do I sign? It's all right, what now, what is, where's this article going to take me? What's the journey? So the opening paragraph I think is key. And there's a mistake that people make in attorneys tend to make when they're opening their articles. What is that Jay? And how do you avoid it?
0: Yeah. I mean, the, the biggest one is right now that we're seeing, if we can contextualize this for the current moment is The the long sort of wind up right where they're sort of setting the stage for two or three paragraphs explaining, you know, sort of what's happened and, and, you know, going back through the, you know, with great detail, all of the all the information that that relates to, you know, kind of when some when this bill was passed and defining terms and all that kind of stuff from the reader's standpoint and this relates back to a great piece of advice that i received as a young lawyer when i was still practicing law which was you know when writing a memo for a client don't give me 20 pages of legal analysis only to have the actionable takeaway or the key piece of advice buried at the end of the document put it right up front up front and so essentially don't bury the lead to use journalistic terms and that same principle applies uh, in thought leadership content right now as well. So, y- y- there's not a need for more information in terms of you know again y- you're not you're not trying to break break news you're not trying to compete with the the news media in terms of providing people information what they're looking to lawyers for right now what what people are are searching for when it comes to legal content, legal thought leadership content, is the implications of that information. So not what happened, but why does it matter? So you need to get right up front in your piece, um, the key takeaways in your first paragraph, like sum it up, drop two or three bullet points. The average reader in in normal times reads 20% of any article that's written. Now, as people are super busy, stressed out, uncertain, they don't have time for much of anything, um, who knows they might even be reading less than that so it's it's incumbent upon you to to find the way to get the key takeaway right up front and count on other sources of information to provide you know all of the background so to speak so that's um i think that's that's critical yeah because to your point tom the, the whole point of an article is the whole point of a headline is to get to some get someone to read the first sentence the point of the first sentence is to get them to read the next and so on throughout the article so if you have this long sort of uh, winding setup and you bury the key information at the bottom of the article, you, you can't count on the fact that anyone's going to get to that point uh, in, in terms of their reading. So um, put it right up front.
1: Yeah. And if you do get to the answer quick enough, which is fine, right? Provide the answer because that's what people have done when they've taken the action to click on a link. It's because there's some sort of promise that they're going to get the answer that they've been looking for. So, you know, I wouldn't dangle that as bait till the very end. But you could get to the answer quickly and you could spend the rest of the article discussing how you apply or how do you get to that answer? Because they're still not going to know how to get there. They want to be confident that you understand what the answer is and that you're going to help guide them to the solution. That's what the rest of the article then frames up, which hopefully will result in, again, that bottom of the funnel action, which is, okay, this guy or gal gets my situation. They obviously know how to solve it. They're willing to share with me how to get there. Um, I'm willing to either read another article or pick up the phone or introduce myself or LinkedIn. These are all actions that you're getting people further into down your content funnel and hopefully into your sales funnel. Yeah. What
0: um you know, anything to add there, Jay? No, I think that was it, Tom. I think that was a great way to wrap that up. So what about step four
1: or you know, angle four is this you look for unique angles. So I think you kind of touched on this earlier with respect to sort of going against the the grain in terms of what everyone else is writing. But what do you mean when you say look for unique angles?
0: Well, again, and I think this is a this has been a big missed opportunity in many cases, and I think it's also another um, consequence of, of trying to move too fast without really thinking things through um, in a race to be first. But in, if we if we think about the the COVID nineteen crisis in particular, um, there. There's a lot, there's a ton of content that can and should be written, not just again about what happened, but about what are the public policy implications of all of this uh, legislation and, and regulatory action and, and executive action that's being taken um, in response to the crisis. So, um, you know, again, if you think about it from an individual lawyer standpoint, this is a real chance to be and demonstrate. Uh, uh, thought leadership uh, in a unique way because uh, most people again are writing about what happened and and if you focus if you're focusing on some of the public policy implications of the actions being taken you're really focused on what's coming next so to, to give you an example of what I'm talking about I mean I can I can mention one example that we've we've had with a client over the last couple of weeks where we've helped them to address some of the public policy implications and and have really had you know Positioned our client for for, um, you know, a nice win as a result of this, but he, he had um, the insight when Looking at some of the executive action being taken in in his state related to bans on public gatherings and other um, social distancing measures being put in place was the fact that The Open Meetings Act in the in the state um, required as as most states do uh, required Public attendance at meetings of public bodies at a time when no one wants anyone to be, you know, within six feet of one another, and and public gatherings above certain sizes are, are banned across almost every state. So um, that was a that was a something that the 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 government had missed in their deliberations, and then the rush to implement these measures. And so what he did, and what we helped them do, was to craft an opinion editorial calling upon the legislative and or executive branch to take action to sort of close that loophole um, and and give public bodies the flexibility to meet and take action during this period, but do so with the flexibility of, of restricting public access to those meetings. And shortly after that editorial ran in a, in a local newspaper, um, a few days later, a client got word through back channels uh, that the governor had taken notice of that piece and uh, shortly thereafter took uh, action to kind of close that loophole. So that, that's an example of how by taking a step back and, and again, thinking about the implications of what's happening, you can have a really big and significant impact with your content in a way that, you know, is not always possible when things aren't moving as quickly as they are now. So that, that, that whole approach can be taken in, in many different ways. And it's really, a, it's really uh, calls upon you know, individual subject matter experts to think through what are the issues that are arising that maybe government has missed and that should be addressed in one's thought leadership content? I mean, there's gotta be hundreds of topics that uh, are similar in nature that are stemming from the, the massive $2 trillion stimulus bill coming out. Um, How is the treasury department going to administer the loan packages, the $500 billion in loans that it's overseeing to to various industries? What are the requirements of that gonna be? Can we look back to 2008, 2009 bailouts as an example and as a, as a framework for thinking about how the treasury department is gonna structure those loans now? Will they, like they did with the automotive industry, require those loans to be administered through dip financing and chapter 11 bankruptcy proceedings? There's just, there's just a host of issues that I think lawyers if they just slowed down and and dug a little deeper could address in in content. And, and I think I just, you know, thought that taking those angles and and really thinking things through could help make them uh, help allow them to make their content stand out.
1: Yeah. With greater specificity, you're doing a couple things. You're, you're probably um, increasing your odds that you've written something that isn't part of the content tsunami you're probably naturally writing a catchy headline because it doesn't look familiar. It's not, you know, what do we do? How do we cope with the new, you know, reality, you know, all the buzzwords we said at the beginning, unprecedented times. And so you're in it all comes back to again delivering content for a very specific niche audience. And if you can get real specific about who you're writing for and really specific about who you're writing about, you're 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 checking off two of the the biggest um recommendations that we would have in thought leadership content. So Yep, absolutely. Um, and you alluded to two things. One is you perfectly illustrated kind of what we said. If you want something at that bottom of that content funnel to be some sort of action to then, you know, hopefully you're you're at least getting somebody further engaged with you and your brand and all that stuff. But maybe taking a separate action that is more into the sales funnel realm. And so. You know what you just described was the holy grail right it's the governor who is you know in the state of michigan taking notice amplifying the message so that's that's huge right but you, you wouldn't have done that or your client wouldn't have done that if it was just another article about the same topics that everyone else is addressing right yeah that's right and it's possible that they wouldn't have gotten the notoriety had this article not been published on a third party content platform which is our last topic, which is thinking outside of your own website when it comes to publishing opportunities. I think this is huge right now for a couple of reasons. One is what we just said in terms of getting noticed, but two, because of the new reality, which I'm sure you'll touch on in newsrooms nowadays. So why should we be thinking and what do you mean specifically when you say think outside of your own website in terms of a publishing platform?
0: Yeah, well, the first, yeah, what what, do, what I mean by that, uh, is- there is the default option for almost uh, you know virtually all content being produced in, in professional services is to just publish it on your own firm's website, which is fine. And I mean there, it should be you should be publishing on your own firm's website. But there should be much more attention paid to finding outside publishing opportunities on well-regarded websites and in, uh, in trade journals and the like, uh, where you can have your byline, Published uh, with with your content uh, in, a, in a publication that your audience uh, knows likes and trusts and the, the fact is that most people aren't going to law firm websites these days for you know their most of their news they're finding it uh, through aggregators like social media and other other type of aggregation sites or you know original sources like the New York Times or the Wall Street Journal or any any host of websites they might be matriculating to law firm websites through those content uh, sort of channels and funnels, but it's not the first stop for most people. So to to inject yourself into the sort of the first level of conversation happening, look for outside publishing opportunities. And as you you mentioned, Tom, there is sort of a perfect storm happening in, in the media world right now where um, you know, despite the fact that there's a massive uh, demand for, for, insightful and accurate information. Uh, the the news media is really suffering right now. I mean, as we all know, the news media has been suffering um, for years, um, struggling to adapt to sort of the new digital environment for uh, content consumption. And with the economic downturn now upon us and advertising revenue drying up, it's, it's really making things tough. So editors of publications are, are A, forced to are having to meet the demand of consumers for for new content, but beef being forced to do that with less because they're having to cut or furlough staff, and and so as a result of that, they're looking for outside uh, content creators to help contribute to uh, and help them to do their job in terms of getting content in front of their audiences. So as a result of all that, lawyers have tremendous opportunities right now to pitch. Their content to those third-party platforms and get them published there, and as a result, exponentially increase the reach of their content and position themselves for, um, you know, as a thought leader and as a as for for new business opportunities as as a result of that. So it's really a, a great opportunity right now if you're looking to publish other places other than your own website.
1: Yep, and I think the opportunities abound. Um, That said, there is sort of an art to how you successfully pitch and secure those opportunities. So um, if people are interested in learning some of those tricks of the trade, a few recent guests on our podcast have spoken to that and um, they are, individuals and professionals in the business of pitching media um, have been media themselves. So they've been on the receiving end of, of pitches. So there's some good takeaways and tips there.
0: Yeah, um, Tom, I, I would point people to the, the Lee Jones episode in particular. Lee is the editor of uh, law.com and I think she had a lot of great insight into that and we'll make sure to link up. I can't remember the exact show episode of that uh, of her, of her appearance, but we'll link up to that in the show notes.
1: Yep. Absolutely.
0: Okay. Well, I think we've covered everything. Any final takeaways, Jay, as we wrap
1: up? Um,
0: Um, Yeah. The only thing is I think that, you know, despite the fact that uh, you know, eventually we're going to, things are going to return at least, you know, somewhat to normal. It's probably going to take longer than any of us think it will. But um, right now the opportunity to lay that groundwork um, and, and, Create more content is one that I think, especially since you know there might be some lawyers, depending on what practice area you might be in, have a little extra time on their hands these days. Uh, now is a great time because this, this is the way that people are going to um, be finding uh, providers of of uh, legal services, and and they're going to be doing those searches online. and And now is a good time to be adding to your to your content portfolio um, during these. During these times when uh, when people are increasingly searching for information online, so so look look for that opportunity, and it really just it it shows. I think this this period of time uh, will demonstrate that those who have invested in thought leadership in in the years past um, are are going to reap the rewards of that because they have that portfolio of content that's that's visible out you know in in various domains. Um, especially if they're publishing on third-party sites over time, um, that investment they made will, will pay off for them now when it's hard to play catch up, but having that content out there now, and that's the only way that people can find lawyers is, uh, is going to be valuable
1: yeah and i think they're they're also in the habit of doing this so they're used to the cadence of committing time and resources and in mindshare to creating content and um you know not to say that you can't ever pick up there's always you know the, the best time to pick up a new exercise regimen if you're not already doing it is right now right so same thing with this um you know I, i'm fond of the i think it's a confucius uh proverb that the best time to plant a tree is 20 years ago, the next best time is right now. Yep. So um, yeah, I think those are some, you know, th- this is, we're going to see more of this, not less, especially in the immediate short term because of the, you know, the nature of the, the, you know, distancing and everything that there's just typical other ways to market in and sell are just not possible now. But I think with a lot of these things, we're going to adopt some of the things that we, learn and get used to in the short term, we're going to adopt for the long term. And, you know, certainly um, Zoom is is in a position to benefit from this. So like, I I think people will, if they could, like you said, use this time to get acclimated to a thought leadership content strategy. Now, it'll be easier once, you know, things get quote unquote back to the old normal, um, because they will have established that routine and that regimen and it'll just be a part of your everyday life.
0: Yeah. It's a great time. It's a great, when you're thrown off of your normal routine, it's a great time to build new habits and and hopefully writing is one of those.
1: Yeah. Great. Well, we'll leave it there. Like you said, there's a a bunch to link to in the show notes. So um, we'll be back again in a week and who knows what the, how things will look in a week, right? Things are moving so fast. So.
0: Yeah. Week seems like a a month these days for sure. It
1: does. Well, um, everyone stay healthy, stay safe, stay well until then. And we'll see everyone next week.
0: Thank you for listening to the Thought Leadership Project. For show notes, additional resources, and links to the tools discussed on today's episode, visit thethoughtleadershipproject.com.